Please keep in mind, viewer discretion is advised. This episode contains sensitive content that some listeners may find triggering. The link at the very top of this episode's description is there for anyone who may need to seek help. If you're suffering in silence or know someone who is, make sure they know that they can get this help. The link is full of helplines and websites that are 99% anonymous and only disclose information if the person seeking help is in a position of danger. All the websites and helplines provided through this link are approved charities and organisations working to support you. The range of help provided through this link can be extremely crucial services, ranging from anxiety support, suicide prevention, child abuse and rape victim support, to relationship help, domestic abuse support and even family support if you're struggling to cope. It's important that people know this help is out there for them, and we as citizens should be doing our best to make it as easy as possible for them to get it. Welcome to the Caravan Club podcast, this is episode 2, and in today's episode we're going to be talking more um, seriously. Um, So we're going to be talking about mental health, specifically in men. Uh, We do think that it is very important to talk about mental health in everyone, but today we're just going to be focusing on mental health in men. Um, I'll pass it over to you Brad. I just before we get started, I just wanted to thank everybody for the response on the first episode that we put out. I know it was in two parts. We got a lot of constructive criticism. We got good feedback for it. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing we were hearing from a lot of people was that uh, the first part was quite quiet. So we've moved where we're recording now. So hopefully that problem will be fixed and there'll be more time spent checking through before they're uploaded. Yep. Just to make sure that all the levels are good. Yep. Cool. Right. So. I mean, I think you have the the question, so we'll, yeah, we'll start from there. Got some stories to tell. Um, some, I think we have um, four or five people um, yeah. on their sp- perspective of mental health, so we're going to be talking through that as well. Yeah. Um, Just to start though, um, because I've got all the notes and stuff, I've wrote down questions for you, and I think a good place to start was um, why do you think this topic's important to talk about on the podcast? Right. Are we just talking about mental health? Are you wanting my opinion on just mental health in men? Uh. So. Why, like, or mental health altogether as a whole as a whole talking about as mental health on the podcast why is it um, so important I mean mental health has been around for ages forever you know people are suffering every single year um, I think it's just it's good to really just get the whole whole topic of mental health out there so we can start you know getting more people to come out and talk about their stories because everyone has a story yeah you know um Every, every story is different um, but I, I think it's good that people I mean even people that are listening to us right now yeah, they need to understand that it's it's completely fine yeah. to talk about it, some problems that they have yeah um, I think it's like it's sort of the first step to overcoming it exactly is accepting yeah, yeah. that you've got a problem mm-hmm. yep and speaking to someone about that is probably like the easiest way to accept it yeah you know? uh huh um, what I found quite disturbing was when I was researching for this topic, uh, mm-hmm. one of the main facts that I kept seeing was uh, just over three out of four suicides, so that's 76%, are committed by men, and suicide is the biggest cause of death for all men under 35. Well, really? Under yeah. 35? Under 35 years old, the biggest cause. Right, that's crazy. That's yeah. It's really scary to think about as well, Yeah. Um, considering we all have, um, you know, people in the life that we caught you know that we care about yeah um and i mean i think it's also important that we need to i mean i I think it it was just a matter of time before we actually done this podcast yeah because we have we have people in our lives that are suffering from mental health yeah you know me myself i have suffered from it yeah um still am i'm the same i mean we'll get more into it Mm -hmm. 
like if you want to talk about it you yeah, can yeah. talk about it mm-hmm. but I think that's like we might have only just started but like from the numbers that we've seen in like the past week just since we uploaded the first podcast yeah it's it's crazy how many people are actually like taking our information on board you know like yeah. the messages I've been receiving of people are like oh I didn't know stuff like that about you it's yeah. like cool to get to know you more uh-huh. and I think using our platform like it's not big mm-hmm. th- there's not that many listeners mm-hmm. but the people that are listening they need to hear it mm-hmm. sort I, of thing. I think as well that um, obviously this is going to be a, a really big episode for us mm-hmm. um, and for people listening as well and I think that will gain more attention towards us because I think m- me myself I think it's a really good thing to talk about Yeah, and that's that's really what my aim is here especially from this episode is to get more people to come and listen to us yeah um, because I feel like people can learn from what we're saying yeah um, and it'll really help them no I totally agree with that I mean especially having it so early on yep. like in the episode list uh, having it so early on people are gonna come and the first thing they're gonna find out is they're gonna find out about us yep. and then they're gonna find out that like this uh, podcast it's like it, it can be serious when it needs to be mm-hmm. and yeah. we do tackle Actually, big problems yep but yeah uh, in your opinion, why are men less likely to speak out about mental health? Um, I, th- I think all men. Um, I mean, me myself, I'm a, I'm a really, I wouldn't say defensive, mm. but I, I don't like asking for help. Yeah, and I feel like that's. Do you reckon that's like more of a like a manly thing? I, th- I that's think that's why it is. it's so I, I broad. Think, yeah, I think it is. Um, I, I, th- I really. It is a weird one because obviously you do. I, I think um, I don't know the like the statistics, yeah. um, but I think more women come out, yeah, um, you know, and talk about their problems than men. Um, and I really, I really think that's down to just the stereotype around men. Exactly, like we're meant to be, you know, we're meant to be tough for we're in, not, indestructible. Yeah, yeah. Exactly, we've um, got that. But that's not how it is at all. No, definitely um, not. But I, I think it, it, it's getting there. It will need to. Um, it just needs more work, mm. um, and I think every single man that's suffering from mental health needs to know that it's completely fine. There, there's no shame in there, speaking out about exactly. The there's nothing wrong with it. Um, if anything, it makes you more of a man. Definitely, because you're addressing the problems and you're battling through it. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that. And just like as we were talking about before, we put up a post on our Facebook page asking people if they wanted to come forward to message us, give us their opinions, mm-hmm. their views, and ask us questions. Yep. Um, so one of our friends, Connor, he is pretty much on the exact same line as you. He said to me, um, to pretty much the same question, he says, I think it's because men are meant to be seen as strong, mm-hmm. uh, the people to look after other people, and if they speak up about it, it makes it makes that they will um, be seen as weak or mm-hmm. not good enough. Yeah. What are your thoughts on that? Um, I mean, Con- Connor's right. That's how, unfortunately, how it is. Yeah. Um, but I, f- I feel... I want it to change. I want that stereotype to change. Yeah, it, it shouldn't will. be like that. Um, I think um, there's been a lot of progression in the past couple of years. Like, mm-hmm. there's a lot more uproar about mm-hmm. people coming out and saying yep. that men needs this help as well. Yeah. And um, yeah, I can. You can see it slowly changing. Oh yeah. But um, um, it, it will get there. It's just it's still a huge problem. Though. Yeah, it is. Um, staying on the same lines. Mm-hmm. Um, what, uh, if anything, do you want to see changed? Um, I think that there should be more support support groups. Mm. Um, 
I mean, there are support groups, of course, everywhere for mental health. Mm. But I feel like if you had just men, you know, support groups just for men, you know, let's say there's 20 men, you know, just in a support group, I feel like everyone would really, they would understand each other. Yeah. And it would help them get through it better. Um, kind of like um, you know when you get Alcoholics Anonymous mm-hmm. and Narcotics Anonymous <clears throat> yep. you know when they're all in that same room they feel more comfortable yes. talking about their mm-hmm. like their views yeah. and why it's a problem and stuff like yeah. that something like that yeah. mm-hmm. I, f- I feel like if they were if that if that was to happen um, they would they would understand that they're both there and they're they're all together yeah. and they're fighting for it together you yeah. know what I mean and they'll, they'll soon you know come to understand that Every, everything's it's stronger in numbers exactly yeah. and it's, it's fine to talk about um, mental health anything it's fine to talk about I, nah I completely agree with what you're saying because like I've came to you about problems in the past mm-hmm. you've came to me but I, I definitely feel like a lot more comfortable when I know there's someone else listening mm-hmm. or yep. there's someone else that's going through sort of the same sort of thing Yep, that always makes you feel better about things definitely so definitely yeah 12.5% um, of men in the UK like all men in the UK mm-hmm. are suffering from one of the common mental health disorders. Wow. That's, it's crazy. That's like a lot of people mm-hmm. that are just, you know, suffering. Yeah. Um, so what was that again? 12% you said? Yeah. 12, 12.5%. 12.5%. Yeah. Um, changes do need to be made as, as I said before, support groups, um, it, there, there needs to be more of them specifically for men. Um, I, you know, I touched on it before, um, it's I mean I don't know obviously I think th- you have adverts on TV as well mm. you know it, it, you see you see tons of adverts and I mean I probably see 10 every single day you know scrolling through Facebook Twitter yeah. watching the television you know even on buses yeah, you yeah. have you know you have the advertisement yeah um, but I still I don't think it's it's really getting through to people do you think it's like a confidence thing as well? Like, do you think some oh, yeah. people are just? I, th- I think it's a pride thing. Yeah. As well, um, I think people are just too, too scared to lose that pride. Yeah. Um, and just too scared to, to make you know other people. Well, obviously, most people aren't saying that it's completely fine. But you yeah. also have that other very very small percentage of people that are judging that are judging saying you should be stronger exactly like you can get through this mm-hmm. it's no problem and it, it just doesn't work like that no um, I mean I wish it could yeah but it's, it just it's weird to think that it's like a pride thing as well because like me as a person would want to say like you know stop that there, there's no shame in mm-hmm. doing it but yeah. like you know I can relate to that I can see where it's coming from because I've been there myself where it's like I'm too proud I don't really want to you know, speak to anybody. I, yep. I can deal with it on my own, but mm-hmm. the truth is, it just doesn't work out that way. Yeah, bottling things up is what makes things worse. So. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, what would you recommend to someone who isn't confident seeking help? Talk to anyone. Yeah. Parents, friends, even if you're at school, um, teachers, any any anything that you think will help. I I, I like I urge every single person to. To, to step forward and speak mm. um, because you may think at the time that it's going to be really scary and that you think it's not going to help and you think it's going to destroy you know that pride yeah. that you have it won't it'll make you probably two times the man that you are um, and, and you'll feel better for it as mm-hmm. well definitely and it, yep and it, it'll you know everyone has a journey everyone has a story mm-hmm. 
and like if you want to believe it or if you don't want to believe it that's part of your story exactly. and you need to embrace that mm-hmm. you can't you can't hide from it no um but yeah it's just the same with a lot of things um going on in the world right now you see a lot of people trying to change the past like mm-hmm. you can't change the past the past is there it's happened mm-hmm. like um the stuff of people pulling down statues stuff like that it's mm-hmm. like they're trying to take away history but yeah. in reality it's like you can't get rid of history like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if tear you down a statue yeah. yeah you can't tear down that statue and expect the history to be changed mm-hmm. like you cannot change history and yeah. that's like what you're saying a big part of your story will be the point where you tell your story mm-hmm. you know you seek help yeah because that's that's just the starting point and from there it will it will get better mm-hmm. Stu says um, it's quite a powerful one actually because I know Stu's had his own problems and stuff like that and mm-hmm. the fact that he's saying this is quite alarming mm-hmm. so Stu says uh, I fully believe that men's mental health is taken as a joke and needs to be addressed more often and in more detail mm-hmm. agree or disagree agree 100% agree you know me as myself as a man um, 100% agree I wouldn't say it's taken as a joke though um, not anymore I, I would I would disagree on, on that part yeah Um, I see where he's coming from 100% yeah. Um, I just feel like more needs to be done mm-hmm. Um, a lot more yeah. you know even you know governments um, support groups there is a lot lot more that they can actually do yeah to definitely help. Um, and even if if they were to put in that work and they were to really get men's mental health, you know, knuckled down, mm-hmm. um, they would see, you know, very slow, um, you know, like a decrease on yeah. men's like, suicide. Yeah, exactly. Like this, 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 this statistics say, like three out of four suicides are committed by men, mm-hmm. and that's it's it's a huge number when you think about it. Mm-hmm. But that being the highest cause of death for men under thirty-five, it's really alarming. Yep. Like Definitely. they want to see them numbers decreasing. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not saying you want to see something else taking over, but you know you don't want people to suffer at the point yeah. where they're literally taking their own lives to get away from it. Yeah. Um. This was another interesting one that I found as well. Men are nearly three times more likely than women to become alcohol dependent. Wow. Um. Okay. Yeah. And they're also more likely to use and die from illegal drugs. Yeah, I mean, even <clears throat> I mean, I'll I'll go past the alcoholic like the alcohol part just now and move straight to the drugs. Yeah, and you know, drugs are everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, it is the probably one of the easiest things to do to get a hold of drugs. Yeah, and you know, even you know, cannabis. People see that as a gateway drug to other drugs. Yeah, um, I I mean, I do agree with that. Yeah, I think it is, but even cannabis, um. It, it, it really does it does fuck with you yeah um, you know all, all the things you read online people saying that cannabis is safe it doesn't affect your mental health because I, I see a lot of that yeah, um, yeah. It, it really does yeah I mean they're saying that it's like one of the most likely drugs to cause you to have like um, psychedelic episodes yep. stuff like that mm-hmm. but um, like over in America I think it's weird because over here we still see it as a war on drugs yep in America, they've sort of took the foot off the gas with it a bit. Mm-hmm. And they're like, well, if we legalise weed, then people are going to use it less. And mm-hmm. you see from studies, like, since, I think, California. Mm-hmm. California were, like, one of the first pe- places to do it. Yeah. Since they've made it legal, like, drug deaths are going down and stuff like that. Because 
one of the what's meant to be the most safest of drugs is now as available as it is to go and buy milk. Yep. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So it's like people aren't going to people in the back of alleys yep. and getting weird stuff that they don't know what it is. Mm-hmm. They're getting stuff that's coming directly, all approved, mm-hmm. and it's coming straight to them from a safe place. So yep. I do agree with that. I mean, it's, it's fair, but... Mm-hmm. I mean, if... Over here, you don't have that option. Yeah. You know what like, I mean? To, to be fair, um, I don't think... I mean, there's, there's millions of people, and probably even billions of people in the world that do you know have tried drugs at least once in their life mm-hmm. but there are people that also get attached yeah you know and it is very easy it's just like cigarettes yeah you know um alcohol as well it's an addiction yeah but i think i think if like a country was to legalize let's just say cannabis you know i i do think that less people would you know go for other go, things yeah exactly yeah um I mean, there's. I mean, it's never going to stop. No. You know, it, you know, cannabis drugs. It's, it's always going to be around. There's always going to be millions on millions of people doing it. Yeah. Exactly. Um, and it's just that one of the things in life that you can't really change. You know, we don't have the power to. Governments do. Ah, uh, I was watching something the other day, and it was like the amount of money the government spends mm-hmm. every year trying to, like, crack down on local dealers and stuff like that. Oh. Uh-huh. The amount of money they're spending on that, if they actually legalised it and sell it like they do cigarettes, so they put the government tax on it, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Like, if they were to do that, they'd make all that money back mm-hmm. in about, like, two years. Yep. All the money they've spent ever trying to get rid of it. Mm-hmm. It's crazy. Um, so I, I do think it's quite alarming that, like, in general, people are dying from using illegal drugs when yeah. it could be easily avoided. Mm-hmm. But, like, again, it's people not seeking help. Yep. Uh, that's just that's what it comes down to like I'll, um, I don't know if you've seen it uh, True Joy did on a podcast with mm-hmm. uh, Mike Majlak or something Mike like Majlak yep yeah mm-hmm. um, he was actually addicted to what's it called Oxy yeah over in America right. that was like taking over the world like in the past decade uh-huh. he was addicted to that for so long and he seen himself going down a hole mm-hmm and um, somehow managed to get out of it when um, he got on probation one day and his probation officer like gave him a drug test and he failed it mm-hmm. and says that he was going straight to rehab mm-hmm. uh, and from then he's never looked back but people don't get that opportunity all the time like he was talking about how lucky he got because people don't actually seek help they just find it yeah so I think that could be easily avoided yeah 100%. if more people if more people are offered to help with like less circumstances like I think going up to someone and saying oh you failed your drug test like you know you're going back into jail that's not going to help no. you need to give people the chance to there's a right way of doing things and there's a wrong way I think the way that the government are doing things is the easy way mm-hmm. yeah the um, way that's costing them the less money exactly um, you know I think if they do things the right way you know screw the funds mm-hmm. it doesn't matter how how much it money it takes yeah. you know if you if let's say you you're the government of a country, like you you care about your country more than money. Obviously, I know money is a huge part, but you know it's. I think governments need to start doing I things think the right way. Life lives are more important than any amount of money yeah. you can mm-hmm. save. Lives aren't replaceable. Money is. Yeah, exactly. Especially when you know you're in control of it. Yep. Um, do you think that schools are significant influence on uh, youth's mental states? Um, I'd say so. Like in a bad way or a good way? Do you um, think schools make things better or worse? It depends. 
because you know school's a tricky place you know when you're younger you obviously have bullies at every school every school you yeah. know and that there's schools that come out and claim oh we have no bullying yeah yeah no there, there's there's always there's always a group you know obviously you have different groups at school always. Um, i mean you'll probably have your weed smokers you know at school you'll have your bullies you'll have this you know it, it's, you've got the it, smart kids the bullies yep the bullied people mm-hmm. yeah yeah i mean it's at every school mm-hmm. you know um, but I think, I think that a really big part of, you know, all of that is it comes down to people that are getting bullied. Yeah. Um. Obviously, not. I'm not blaming that on people who bully. Um. But, I, it it does affect your mental state, especially at a young age. Yeah. Um. And then you will grow up with that. With that yeah. staying with you. Yeah. Um. But I mean, if schools were to make a change, I mean, of of course it's difficult. You know, I understand that, but if schools were to really make a big change, yeah, you'll see the decrease of mental health in the younger generation. Yeah, um, I, I mean, I think the problem with like people actually like getting their mental health problems from school as well is, mm-hmm. um, there, uh, me personally, I didn't want to talk to anybody at school. Mm-hmm. Like, I didn't trust teachers, and yep. I know a lot of people are the same. They don't trust teachers mm-hmm. because they think, well, this is pointless. You know what I mean? Um. I've seen a huge change personally from when I was at school. Uh, there was like there was very minimal help, and if there was help, it was kind of like come in, tell me what you, and then be on your way. Aye, yeah. see you later. Wet paper towel, off you go. Yeah, yeah. Um, but moving from that environment to moving to college, so I've been at college three years now. Mm-hmm. Um, they have the students' association thing. Mm-hmm. You can go in there and talk about a problem instantly and like you can see the difference they actually take that information in yeah and they'll do something about it so like it can be as small as like you know your classrooms kind of too small for you to work in you can go in there talk to them about it and they'll either try and move you Mm -hmm. or they'll try and free up space for you somewhere else in the college you know they they do a lot more and i think that's i don't think that's like the difference between school and college Mm -hmm. i think college staff are better prepared than school staff are i think even you know at my work you know you go in and you see i mean i think there must be about three or four posters Mm. just straight men you know based on mental health yeah it has numbers emails everything yeah yeah Um, well we had that around the college but mm -hmm. you've never seen that in school Mm -hmm. i don't know about you but in my school i never ever seen that never and because i feel like um i feel like they think that it isn't a problem yeah for for the younger generation but i feel like if they were to take you know, like from college, workplaces, you know, and implement that into schools. Yeah. You wouldn't have a problem. Yeah. You know, if if you started actually like making a real, real difference, yeah. You would you would see a significant change. I mean, like going back to college and that in my third year at college like the year that i've just done mm-hmm. i i got an email and apparently everybody in the college every single student got this email from the uh, head of the students association inviting us to take part in a two-day mental health awareness course right okay so um basically like they're actually doing more to raise awareness than what you would ever see in a school environment yep i i took it like i took the opportunity and i went and done this course mm-hmm. and then um, it it was quite unnerving to see how little people actually did because this was sent to everybody mm. and I think there was about 18 of us right. out of the whole college that how, many, how many turned up? 10, 11 people right, I okay. think came to this um, I mean fair enough you know the, the remainder might 
might not be suffering from mental health their mental state might be completely fine mm. but, but you can still get educated on it yeah but it's then again there are people that are hiding from the fact and it comes right back to the start of the podcast where we were talking about you need to talk about these things yeah exactly I mean people on that course were sharing their stories like me included mm-hmm. um, and like you could see a significant difference from like the first couple hours on the first day of the course mm-hmm. to the end of the day on the second course everybody was talking to each other everybody was open there was no like shyness lack of confidence yep. everybody knew each other and we were mm-hmm. all and I, th- talking. I, th- I think it's also um you know support groups is i would i would say actually it's a way to make friends mm-hmm. Definitely. You know, if you if you're sharing stories and then you if people are in the same position as you are mm-hmm. you're more likely to talk to them and make friends with them yep definitely mm-hmm. um but yeah like that course that i went on it was literally two days and I feel like I gained a lot from it. I've I've got yep. a qualification now as mm-hmm. well that says you know that I went on this two day course. Yep. Um. So a lot of that course was like suicide prevention and how to talk to someone and how uh, to yeah. um how to direct them to the right help. Yeah. That they need. Mm-hmm. I think like for the sake of a two day course and booking it was what two members of staff that came in and did it was. Right. Okay. I think for the sake of booking them two people to come in to do a course, mm-hmm. you could do that in schools. Yeah. You know what I mean? They mm-hmm. could book yeah, them yeah. in for like two-day assemblies. Yep. I mean, yeah, you might be missing out on I mean, two days of school. As you just said there, you know, implement that into an assembly. Yeah. You know, who cares if it's if it's giving the kids an extra 10 minutes out of class? Exactly. That is way more important. Yeah, exactly. I think, we're, I mean, we're going to do a full podcast on school. Yeah. Like, uh, so probably one of the next episodes that you'll hear will be high schools, whether they're the best days or the worst days of your life. Mm-hmm. I am strongly on the side of worst days. Yeah. But I think schools need to teach more life skills. Yeah. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm sick of seeing like algorithms and Pythagoras theorem and stuff yeah. like that. I'm, they're always like, oh, well, you never know. You might need this in the mm-hmm. real world. I've never, I th- ever needed it. I think they should implement new classes. Yeah. You know, you have your maths, you have your English. You have like your, a whole reform your, your of the school. Yes, yeah. exactly. The whole school system. I, I do agree that, you know, people need to learn basic skills like maths and English, yep. stuff oh, like that. 100%, but, but there's also... There's, there's a difference between life skills maths mm-hmm. and all the stupid stuff like mm-hmm. what kind of triangle is this? Even if Who you're, cares? Even if you're to, I don't know, add an extra half an hour yeah. on to the end of the school day, that's an extra half an hour. You could be learning about something exactly. relevant, something exactly. that's got to help. I never learned anything about taxes in school. Because, I mean, I wish that I had that back when I was in school. Yeah. Um, because that would have helped me a lot I mean it must do I mean getting to the point where you're going to school for the sake of learning stupid stuff Mm -hmm. that you're never going to hear again in your life and it's like like, teachers don't understand that Mm -hmm. because they're from an older generation teachers don't understand that literally everything they're teaching us can be done with a phone Mm -hmm. everybody has a phone yep I mean like what kind of triangle is this you can get apps out you can like literally look at your work and it will do it for you yep it's like, well, why do we have to learn this? Technology's taken over. Exactly. Why do we need to learn this mm-hmm. if our phone can do it for us, exactly. if we ever really need this, but exactly. we're not going to? No. That's mean, the point. I mean, I'd say about 25% of stuff I learned in school. Yeah. I've never used. Never. 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 Nah, and I don't plan not. on using. No. Nah. I mean, um, it's the same, like, maths is meant to be one of your key subjects, uh-huh. but you know after primary school you've learned all the times tables you know how to add up and you know how to use a calculator there's not really much more that you can expand on that no. while still being relevant to the real world uh-huh. you know they should teach more about taxes yeah how to save money 
mm-hmm. you know, it's like important stuff, crucial stuff like that. So yeah, I definitely see school being a a big factor in people's mental state. Mm-hmm. Definitely. No, no, I get that. Um, so going back to listener stories and stuff. Yep. I have a friend that's a first responder. Mm-hmm. So like um like a paramedic. Right. Okay. But uh, he works in fast response stuff like that right uh-huh. um, he he sent me this he says from my time working as a first responder how often I've come across men who have said that they're uh, experiencing mental health breakdown yep. says no one will listen or begin to understand um, which from his standpoint highlights the stigma around mental health talking about how they feel what's eating them up mm. what's your views on that so say, say that again sorry I didn't, didn't quite so this guy uh, he doesn't want to be named. Right, which okay. Is fair enough. Mm-hmm. He's a first responder. Right. Uh, from his time working as a first responder, the amount of people he's came across that are having um, a mental breakdown, say no one listens to them, mm-hmm. or no one can begin to understand what they're saying, mm-hmm. um, from his standpoint, highlights the stigma around mental health. Yep. Um, talking about how they feel that it's eating them up. Um, I mean, it is a difficult one again. You know, you can say that people don't understand you know how you're feeling yeah but if you if you were to go to a support group mm-hmm. and you were to really listen people would understand yeah people would 100% understand and I think people um, some people do you know use that as a shield yeah like oh people don't understand yeah yeah um, you know just hide it. from the fact yeah um, but if they were to really you know start to understand it they, I think, would, they would come yeah. out of that defensiveness yeah I think nowadays then, there's a lot more people that actually do understand what you're talking about yeah. I mean mm-hmm. I'd, pretty much all my friends have suffered with something mm-hmm. or had mental health yeah, problems yeah. Mm-hmm. and I know that they're a lot more understanding yeah. and I'm more understanding of them mm-hmm. I think it's like it's it's a strange community that shouldn't exist yep. if that makes sense it's yep. like mm-hmm. we shouldn't have to talk about this exactly. but we do because it's so important mm-hmm. Um, he also says people are less likely to open up about their issues to other people especially in a time of crisis when someone to listen to may be the difference between life and death I mean that's a that's a bold statement though yeah um, that's what I like about this and I fully appreciate everybody that has got in touch to share their stories and opinions because mm-hmm. it is in another sense it's people opening up and yep. sharing their stories yep. and it's important because you sending this in is it's showing people that it's okay to talk about it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah, and I mean, how, I mean, this is our second podcast. Mm-hmm. I mean, how many people do we have that have actually sent us in messages? I think five or six. Uh, so I've got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight. Eight different people. See, I, I, the way that I want that to go is I want that to go from eight to 16 yeah like um, in, I, I in the future we will yeah, revisit yeah like this 100%. isn't the only time no, we'll no. talk about it but when we revisit yeah we want to see that more people are yeah, confiding starting in to us. come out of that shell and that defensiveness and starting yeah. to really open up about it it's good to know that people trust you enough as well yep that's one I mean, thing that struck me when i was even um, to, even to some this. strangers yeah um, like some people we are strangers to them mm. but they're actually sending that into us yeah and they're get they're putting full confidence into us and they're actually you know, I th- I think for some people, this probably is helping them. Yeah. For others, this might not be their type of thing. It might be a support group. Yeah. But either way, um, 
if it works for you then do it that actually brings me on another good point like were you saying um like this might not be everybody's way of coping mm-hmm. you know like people I mean, are sending this yeah. in but that might not be the best for other people mm-hmm. it brings me on another good point that someone sent me it says um uh when seeking help in the form of counseling Mm-hmm. Don't be disheartened if it doesn't work out the first time round. Because yep. not all counsellors are fit for you. Uh-huh. This yep. also applies when seeking advice from help, or seeking advice or help from friends. Not all of them will be able to help, but that doesn't mean they aren't being a good friend. Mm-hmm. Agree. Um, I, I don't really know to be honest on that one. I think and there's some I think what the do. person's trying to say is um like especially with the first part it says when seeking help in the form of counselling don't be disheartened if it doesn't work out the first time round. Not all counsellors are fit for you. Yeah. I think that's like a very it's it's a good statement because mm-hmm. maybe talking to one person you might not feel as confident with them. Yeah. But then you go to see a different counsellor, you might be a hundred times more confident yeah, with them. Nah, I, I get that. Um I mean these things will take time. You might be lucky and you might find that one person that you, you actually love talking to and you love expressing your feelings and you're able to, you know, confide in them and you you know, you're happy telling them your story. Yeah. Um it's it's a trust thing as well. It is. I think um like counsellors are paid to do what they do. Yeah, exactly. But I think when you walk in there with that mindset, oh you're getting paid to listen to me, you know, you don't really care. Like mm-hmm. counsellors do care. Mm-hmm. Getting paid's a bonus, you yep. know what I mean? Um but no, I I agree with that, and like for me, I trust you enough, and I confide in you enough to know that like if something's going wrong, I can talk to you about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I do the same with Liv. I mean, me and Liv have such a level of trust and love and respect for each other, and mm-hmm. we can talk to each other about literally anything. Because trust does go a long way. Definitely, hundred percent. Mm-hmm. Um. So, another listener. This is actually quite an interesting one. Um, another listener, his name's Darren. Uh, he also has a podcast. Uh, he reached out to us and um, gave us his story. But uh, we also just wanted to say before we get into his story that we will be jumping on his podcast mm-hmm. at some point. So we'll let you know when that's happening, and mm-hmm. we'll post the links for that podcast so you can go check him out. Yep. Um, also, if he wants to do a podcast with us, we'll probably bring him on at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, so he sent us in his story. Um, from when he was suffering with depression. Uh, he says, I chose to go to my local doctors back in September 2018. I explained I felt I had anxiety and depression. I explained to them why, and they asked me some questions, such as, have I tried self-harming? Have I thought about suicide? Um, I explained it runs in the family, and there's, uh, and they're on, they put me on uh, antidepressants. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have also done counselling. It helped me... Uh, yeah, so I've also done counselling. I, I asked him, after he said that, I asked him, like, how it's benefited him speaking mm-hmm. out about his problems I mean, or seeking help. Just listening to that, that proves that you can get somewhere with yeah. counselling, with going to the doctors, with just speaking. Yeah, so and, that, I mean, that's we'll, what I asked him. I asked him... Um, we'll probably get more in-depth about that. Yeah, um, we'll speak when, to him about it. When yeah. he's on our podcast and when we're on his... Yeah. Because I feel like he has a really interesting story. Yeah, to I mean, we'll put we'll put the link for his podcast in the description because on his podcast there is actually quite a few episodes where he talks about his mental health mm-hmm. personally, and they're they're really good listens. It's interesting to see his point of view on what we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, when I asked him how he felt, 
after opening up and going to the doctors and how that benefited him. Uh, he says, it helped make a difference within myself and that no matter what age you are, asking for help isn't a sign of weakness. Um, it's a sign of strength. Exactly. We don't all have to take medication for mental health, but we can find positive ways to improve. Mm-hmm. What are your thoughts on that? Do you think medication's the only way? Counselling's the only way? Um, I, I think there's hundreds of ways. Yeah. Um, I mean, I could go on and on. There's, there's tons and tons of good coping mechanisms I mean, there's I, also I, I tons of bad coping mechanisms yeah. that's what we're seeing where like men are more likely to jump to mm-hmm. alcohol and drugs yeah that's and like d- a bad just, coping just mechanism that, that's a good point some people actually believe that um you know smoking cannabis helps with their anxiety and depression yeah i mean there has been um, like scientific reviews mm-hmm, about that mm-hmm. but some people you know they, they do that yeah and then they, they want st- more they, yeah and then they start getting attached and then things go even more downhill yeah so i i think not like counseling is a great way you know antidepressants it they do help some people yeah yeah like some um, people but some people it works with some people it doesn't mm-hmm. you know even like there's pro- there's probably millions of people out there that even finding having a chat with someone yeah it it's helps. a coping mechanism exactly speaking about your problems is a coping mm-hmm. mechanism another another one that i use a lot is music yeah for me definitely music and fresh air mm-hmm. even even just having that routine yeah um, having a daily routine, e- even like I understand that a lot of people do work. Yeah. You know, even if you're working, find time in between working, um, stuff that that really helps you cope and help makes you feel better. You know, a better version of yourself. Yeah. Um, because that that's what it's about. It's about getting better. It's about you know battling mental health. I mean, yeah, a hundred percent. Because I've also put down here in my notes, I've put um like how routines goals and aspirations help with mental health daily mm-hmm. and like what you said touches on that like having a routine having something that you know you're gonna do yep having a goal and having aspirations it yep. always helps get you in a like better mindset yep so yeah i agree with that mm-hmm. um so yeah that's what darren sent in and uh i'm like i'm fully with it because he's talking about how he chose to go to the doctors Mm-hmm. and how they actually did help him out when a lot of people are saying nowadays that you know they don't want to go to the doctors there's no point it doesn't help yeah so i appreciate him sending that in mm-hmm. um tam sent in like when i said to tam about that we were doing this podcast and that mm-hmm. he asked what it was about so i tell him that um we were do- like exploring the stigma around men's mental health mm-hmm. he's put um that he, he thinks there is a genuine stigma around mental health. It's not like something that people make up. He says, uh, my personal view is that life is shit, which is a bold statement to make straight out of the bat. Bold, yep. um, it's, uh, it's the people and things in your life that make life worth living, which is, again, bold statement. Mm-hmm. Like he's, come, he's hitting with like straight facts here. Uh, without them, it takes you a fairly dark and lonely place. Um, countless men, including myself, constantly feel like they have that unfeeling steadfast friend that has to just um take shit on the chin and move on no matter what comes uh, they have to be all right to support their mates without friends around them to lean on um men tend to crumble but because of this insane idea of i have to be okay men tend to feel more scared of speaking out about their feelings than their actual feelings and thoughts yep um, the idea that men suffer from depression because they're told boys don't cry is somewhat bollocks and that it's actually a massive feeling of pressure and, and inadequacy 
the idea that feeling they have failed everyone else around them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's a that's a huge statement. It is. Um, I mean, he was talking about pressure there. You know, it's it's a huge pressure to yeah. to make people believe that you're fine, that, that you know nothing's wrong with you, that that you're feeling okay. Yeah. And um, when you're actually not. You know that that must be really draining for some people that aren't speaking out about it. Yeah. And um, because it's destroying. You know, in any, in any like, just not even in mental health, just anything. If you're if you're you know hiding something, even let's say, let's say it's it's a, a massive secret. Yeah. And you're you know bundling that down, to the very bottom, and you're not talking about it at all. That will drain you, mm-hmm. and that will destroy you. Because you've got that pressure on mm-hmm. that it's yep. a secret. Not not just the pressure you have. You have the pressure on top of that. You you know you have the feeling of just feeling lonely. Yeah. yeah, you know, unwanted. You know, it's, <clears throat> it it really is scary to to hear that some men are feeling like that. I think for us as well, it hits a lot harder when it's um when it's friends that have sent it in mm-hmm. like, because we both know these people yeah and when they send that in and you realize that's how they feel it's it's it makes you feel uneasy because it's like well this is happening so close to home yeah but that's another thing that people don't realize it's like this stuff is happening around you uh-huh like yep. you don't realize how close to home it actually is yeah yeah so moving on from that um i asked callum someone i know who has suffered with mental health problems and uh, I know he kept a lot of that to himself for a long time. Mm-hmm. I asked him how sharing his stories affected his mental health. Yeah. Uh, so he says, I've been more focused and dedicated, uh, focused, dedicated, and motivated to keep myself from that and become a better person. Mm-hmm. I also surround myself with people that loved me and trusted me mm-hmm. um, and trusted them with my problems. And they've helped me and I'll forever be grateful to those certain people. Mm-hmm. Like from your personal experience, can you relate to how speaking out has affected you? Um, or benefited you in any way? Me myself. Yeah. Um. So the first person I think I've ever talked to, like ever, probably be yourself. Right. Um. And I think that was I don't know if you remember it was when we were working at KFC and it was you and one of the managers. Right. Um. And I remember um people were noticing that I was wasn't myself. Yeah. Um it was Just, something that was going on with my family. Um, oh yeah, I remember that. And um yes, I'm I'm pretty sure he he literally took me outside. I think it was a good like 45 minutes. Mm. And we just stood and, and we talked. Yeah. And then you came out after and he gave us a second, you know, and then I started speaking to you. Mm. Um because that by, by that time I think I, I did have trust in you. Yeah. Um and we're, you know, good friends. Well, I would say like We'd known each other a good like month or so by that point. Yeah, at least. Yeah. yeah. Um. But, but yeah, I, I mean, it really benefited me at the time. Um. You know, obviously, I had a lot of things on my plate. Um. But I think, as I says, that was my starting point. Yeah. You know, and then from there, you it know, continuously gets it, better. You're yeah, more confident exactly. talking to other people about exactly. it. I mean, the fact that you spoke to me about it and we only know each other a month, mm-hmm. and that just shows that like you don't have to know people for a long time to exactly. trust them. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so he says in there that um, he's surrounded himself with like people that uh, love him and people that he trusts. Mm-hmm. Do you think that's like a big factor? Yeah, like definitely getting better. Family, friends, and um, just having you know the support there and um, yeah. having the love there as well. It, it's I think it's the biggest factor. 
Um, Definitely. I mean, it's a good coping mechanism as well. Like mm-hmm. we were talking before about good and bad coping mechanisms. Mm-hmm. I think surrounding yourself with positive energy even is a good coping mechanism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even like the small things, just um, like if if you know your family's having I don't know a nice nice meal mm. and it, 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 it makes you feel room, better. Yeah, yeah. In the living room and instead Everybody's of separa- together. Inse- instead of separating yourself and going into your room and trapping yourself in there. Yeah. Just be Go and have a chat. Yeah, in that environment. Exactly. You don't have to talk about your problems. Exactly. Like, um, Just talk about anything. It helps. There is one last story coming up that talks about the fact that like you might not want to talk to your family as much because it might put more pressure on them or yeah. they feel like yeah. you're doing something wrong mm-hmm. and finding a good friend to talk to mm-hmm. is like probably the better way to do it. But we'll, we'll move on to that. Yeah. Um, if you have made it this far, then we appreciate that because it is a, it is a darker topic, but it is something that needs to be talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, and as Brad said if you have made it this far we will be leaving um, phone numbers and yeah, so emails and links to uh, mental health support groups um, and just people that you can talk to um, if you don't feel comfortable talking to family or friends there's always uh, you know that third option of talking to you know counsellors um, but that will all be down below in the description as well yeah so there's one link that's going to be prominent at the top of the description and that was explained to you at the start of the podcast mm-hmm. um, all websites and phone numbers on there as I said in that are kept anonymous unless like the person seeking advice is uh, at a danger to themselves or others mm-hmm. so um, they're fully trustable I mean I've used them myself before yep um, so yeah mo- moving on um, if you have made it this far then like you deserve to hear our stories Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to start like with my experience of mental health problems Yep. Um, so growing up I didn't have like the best uh, early starts in life um, living with my mum it, it was I wouldn't say it was a bad time because obviously having that experience now it has affected like the person that I am now um, but uh, my mum when she fell pregnant with my little brother that's where I sort of when I look back at it now I didn't realise then but when I look back now that was sort of the turning point um, a lot of things were going wrong there was a lot of bad experience and negative energy in the house and it's just it was a it was a bad place to be in at that time bad environment yeah yep. um, and like as we were saying earlier about like school being like a negative factor on mm-hmm. people's mental health yep. childhood and upbringing as well like mm-hmm. Not yeah, not where, all family are good for begins, you. Yeah, you know? not all not all family is good for you. Mm. You know what I mean? It's like people are saying you can choose your friends, but you can't choose family. Exactly. I don't agree with that. I mean, I think you should be able to choose who you yeah. keep in your family. Exactly. Um. But I think early on, uh, after like I'd been through all that, it was actually my gran and my pops who basically told me to like speak out about it. Mm-hmm. like speak out about what was happening at home and um, that gave me the confidence when I went into school it, it was literally it happened so fast I, went, I remember going into school one day um, asking my teacher to speak to them mm-hmm. they took me to the deputy head teacher I think right okay uh, and I was speaking to the deputy head teacher and they told me like they took everything in that I told them mm-hmm. uh, they went back to um, they went back sent me back to class Mm-hmm. Uh, I went back to class and about two hours later I got brought out of class into this room with um, social workers right, okay. and stuff like that who were like taking statements off me stuff like mm-hmm. that Yeah. Um, it was getting to the point where they were trying to find me somewhere else to go other than going home at the end of the day mm-hmm. um, thankfully because like from this day uh, from that day like my life changed 
ultimately for the best. Like mm-hmm. I have no regrets in that. But um, the social workers managed to get hold of my gran and my pops. Uh, they came all the way over to the other side of town, um, and from there they um, they decided that it was best if I went and lived with them. Mm-hmm. Um, my mum had no objection to it because she couldn't really have much say in the matter. Yep. Because of like the seriousness surrounding it, stuff like that. Uh-huh. Um, so, um, I think I was, I think it was two thousand eleven when I moved in with them. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's like nine years I've been living there now, almost ten. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing, the thing about that is, people will say that they miss where they used to be and stuff like that. Yeah. I I don't miss the environment I used to be in mm-hmm. at all, not in the slightest, because it was such a toxic place. Mm-hmm. Um, my gran and my pops have gave me the best upbringing and the best life that I could possibly have. Mm-hmm. You know, like, um, I'll forever be grateful for that. Um, the the only thing I think about now and like regret and look back on is like my little brother and my two little sisters are still in that environment, and um, the thing that I always think about and it always plays on my mind. This is like. I would say one of my biggest mental health issues is that this always like repeats on me. It's always recurring on my mind. Mm-hmm. Is I've had all these opportunities, you know. I managed to go through high school with support. You know, I'd, I've been to college. Like no matter what I've decided to do, I've been supported through it. Mm-hmm. And um, what I look back on is like the stuff that I've had in like from that age. Like my brother's a year older than I was when I left, mm-hmm. and I just. I I look at my little brother and my little sisters. I hardly get to see them, so it's like uh, when I do see them, it's sort of like catching up, and I'm trying to understand where they're at just now. Mm-hmm. But like, they're going to be going into the same situations I've been getting into. Yep. But they're not going to know anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like, um, especially with all this coronavirus and stuff. Like, my little brother's got really bad anxiety about going up to high school. Uh-huh. But now he's missed all his transition days as well with this. Like, they've shut down the schools. Yep. They can't like go on their visits to see the schools and mm-hmm. stuff like that. Yeah, so. Yeah. Um, me personally I worry about him going through high school like what we were talking about earlier bullying is really prominent mm-hmm. still today well, I think a good thing is that you know that he's going to be going through that well we, we don't know that but you know what high school's like yeah exactly um, and obviously you've experienced it for yourself mm-hmm. and then you can then pass on advice to exactly, him to yeah. help him I mean, the, the plans are always the same so me and my mum will sort of speak about one thing mm-hmm and then it never happens, sort yeah. of thing. So it can go from, like, my mum will message me one day mm-hmm. and it'll seem like she's having a conversation with me. Yeah. And then I'll sort of, like, I don't get attached to the conversations anymore because I know it's going to end at some point and it's just got to go back to how it is. So, um, like, we were talking about how during the summer holidays, which are now just everlasting, it mm-hmm. seems. Yeah. <laughs> um, we were talking about me going over there uh, try to get Jordan out, like running, mm-hmm. stuff like that. But um, like with all this stopping it, and the way I see it is, and the way I've been brought up, my grand's always told me like if she's not putting the effort in with you, mm-hmm. don't like go out your way to put in the effort with her. Mm-hmm. So that's the way I've I always mean, been brought up. Like I would do anything for my little brother and sisters, mm-hmm. but my yeah, mum needs think, to put in that initial yeah, effort. I think that's a good point as well. Maybe if your mum isn't putting in the effort herself, yeah. you take all the effort that you've, you know, before put into her and focus that on your siblings. Yeah. I mean, I, I do, like, I know just as well as, like, everybody does, high school is really toxic. Yep, it and is. 
like it's I know a, he's going into a toxic that. environment. Yeah, I know, yeah. and I know he's going into that, and I don't want him to. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, because yeah, I know yeah. it's going to be really like it's going to be a shit time for him. Everybody has a shit time at school. Uh-huh. And um, apologies for the noise. We're opening a window. It's quite yeah. warm. <laughs> um, but yeah, like he's going into high school blind. You know, yeah. he doesn't know the school that he's going to. He's had no transition days. Yep. From what I know, he's probably like one of few in his friendship groups that are actually going to be there. So he's got to be around people that he doesn't know, mm-hmm. yep. and it it just worries me. So like, yeah, one of my biggest problems is I always think of other people before I think about myself. Yep, definitely. Mm-hmm. Like, if I if I'm having a bad day, I always try and reach out to other people that are having a bad day to try and help them because I think yep. that makes me feel better. But at yep. the same time, it's me bottling everything mm-hmm. up, and I've been told hundreds of times like. I, th- I think as well um, that you're saying that you focus, you know, on other people. Yeah. It's also good that you have people to watch your back as well. Yeah. You know, it's, exactly. like, it's like, like a cycle. Obviously, you need to take that time to think about yourself, but you know that when you're focusing on other people, you always have people behind you yeah. helping you. I mean, just expanding on that because it is a really good point. Um, earlier this year, my pops passed away. And like because he has been such a huge influence on my life, and he's he's always supported me no matter what. That was a really really hard time to go through. Mm-hmm. Um, but like my gran, who's also been with him for like a lot longer than I have, mm-hmm. she's she's been hit worse by it. Yep. Because it's like they always have their talks, they always have their experiences, and mm-hmm. they do everything together and stuff like that. So the transition for her's been really bad, yep. but it's been bad for everybody. Mm-hmm. And I I was spending a lot of time just making sure that I was there for her. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, I always knew that if I needed to break down or have like just, you know, if I had to let my feelings out, that she was there for me as well. Mm-hmm. And that's how it's always been, you yeah. know, like. I think I think you, that's the best way to do it. You like, know, yeah. like having each other's backs. Yeah. Um, I mean because I mean I've seen the relationship that you have with your gran. Yeah. You know, it's it's one of a kind. You know you have your good times yeah right and then you can have your laughs yeah but a lot of them uh, uh, yeah a lot of them <laughs> a lot of disturbing ones as yeah, well yeah, I keep getting yeah, told yeah. by everybody like yeah. why do you talk about that when you're grand <laughs> um, that's just the relationship we've always had <laughs> but you also have you know the the times that you need to come together and you know the bad times yeah but you know everyone has them yeah but the I good mean, thing is this year has been nothing but a learning experience mm-hmm. for everybody for everyone yep. yeah it's it it's sucked this will go down in history this year yep. it's it's been mad but yeah like i'm always there for her and she's always there for me and that's the mm-hmm. sort of relationship we have so yep that's been good on my mental health purely because i know you know if i am having a bad time then mm-hmm. she's going to be there for me and it's someone yep. close to me that i can you know get into deep feelings with mm-hmm. and yep. we've always had that close of a relationship so mm-hmm. it's it's never like not been normal yep like i've never I, I it does, doesn't need to be normal. Yeah, you know no, what I mean? our relationship is not normal. No, <laughs> like, but, but, but gran and grandson should not have these conversations <laughs> and stuff like that. Um, one of my friends that I mentioned earlier, but didn't mention his name for um, personal reasons. One day, me and my gran were actually in a, in the car, mm-hmm. and um, we were out for a drive, and oh, it was it was the weirdest thing ever. We were, we were just talking like we normally do, but I tried to phone this friend, mm-hmm. and he didn't answer. Right. So I just put my phone back in my pocket. But what I didn't realize is I was leaving a voicemail. Right. He received about a forty-minute voicemail of me and my gran in the car talking about. Oh, I can't remember exactly what we were talking about. I know there was dodgy topics of like coffins, 
and stuff like that. Right, okay. And like morgues and stuff like that. And uh-huh. he, he sort of just messaged me. He was like, I don't know what I just heard, but like, please never send that again. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay. And he right. was like, what was that all about? I was like, oh, me and my grandma were just talking. <laughs> right, okay. And like, the amount of times Liv will come up to me and be like, what? Did you really just have that conversation? Yeah. With her? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> It's uh, funny, yeah, we've always had that close of a relationship, and again, coming back to having each other's backs and that, like, me and you, like, we haven't known each other for a, a little bit of time, like, mm-hmm. we're, we've not got years behind us in yeah. that, but the year we have got behind us, you know, it's always been the same, I'm there for you, you're there for me. Uh, and that's how it always be, you know? Yeah, so that's really good. Mm-hmm. Um, now, like, daily coping with, like, stuff that repeats on my mind, it's not like, I'm not trying to say that every day I have a problem. Mm-hmm. But um, you have your bad days. You have your good days. Exactly, everybody does. Uh, and on my bad days, I just try and keep my same routines. Mm-hmm. So like, I'll try and wake up at the same time. I'll try and do the same things, like getting out for a bit of exercise, listening to music before I go to sleep, talking mm-hmm. to live before I go to sleep every night. Yep. Um, keeping goals and aspirations in your mind because I think if you lose track of your goals and your aspirations, mm-hmm. like even a few times, yep, that sort of starts to slip. Mm-hmm. like I can feel myself losing motivation some days yeah. but it's because I'm not keeping my goals like my end game mm-hmm. I'm not keeping my end game in my head yeah Um. so yeah having a routine and goals that's always helped me mm-hmm. but yeah that's pretty much all I'm sharing just now cool Um. right so me myself Um. I mean you says that it started growing up Mine was a little bit later when yeah. I started to notice these feelings, um, and I would say it's around. I mean, don't get me wrong. Growing up, I had I had a really good childhood. You know, we were we were always you know a, a happy family. Um, I would always go see my gran, you know, my relatives. Yeah. Every, every, everything was good. Um, school was a little bit rocky. Yeah. You know, obviously you have your ups and downs. I was still young. Mm-hmm. I just thought you know nothing of it, and then you know I reached high school. Um, and then things started to really go downhill. Yeah. 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 Um, <laughs> it's just back to high school again. Um, yeah, I think it was, you know, S1. Um, you know, I was really nervous going into it. Um, and, you know, I, I'm pretty sure I reached like halfway through um, the first year. Um, and, you know, things just went downhill. I started feeling really, you know, anxious about going back into school yeah. um, because for the first half of um, the, the first year um, you know it was everyone was trying to get their bearings of each other you know uh, there was a lot of people that didn't know some yeah. people and um, were all coming from different schools um, because I'm pretty sure um, there was three primary schools that went into the one high school mm. okay yeah um, I think my school was the same actually mm-hmm. yeah and I was meeting new people some people really nice others not so nice you know um, so the first half, um, I would, I was getting bullied. Yeah. Um, it happens. It always you know, happens. I thought nothing of it for the first, I'd say, two months. Yeah. Um, and then, <clears throat> you know, things started to escalate, and then things went downhill. And then from there, you know, I started, I started um, faking bugs yeah. to say that I was, you know, I was sick to my mum. Yeah. And I've she thought, yeah, she thought nothing of it. Yeah. Um, fair enough. That, you, that's you, the thing. It's like the you, older you don't generations don't, don't yeah, realize these exactly. problems that are going on. Um, I'm not blaming anyone here. No one's to blame. No. You know? It just happens. It just happens. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I started faking um, something like being sick, not going into school, and then my mum started to realise something was wrong. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure we had the, like 
four or five conversations. Mm. Um, you know, she would always check up on me, asking me how I am. Um, same with my sister. Yeah. Um, even if it's not a, a long talk, she would ask how I am. Yeah. Sit down. You know. Sometimes that's all you need, though. That's Just it. like after a day, mm-hmm. how was your day? Yep. Yeah. Um, and then from there, things started to just go more downhill. Yeah. Um, I started feeling, you know, just even more anxious. And then I started going to um, a supportive group called CAMS. CAMS, yeah. Um, and then, you know, it, it helped me. Um, I didn't really feel like I was getting is like where I wanted to because I was talking to an adult. Mm-hmm. I didn't feel at the time like talking to an adult. I was relating. And yeah. it, I wasn't getting anywhere. It's like when we were talking about school earlier and talking to teachers. No one wants yeah. to talk to their teachers yeah. because I, I, they can't f- relate to them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I felt like, in a way, I know this is not what support groups intend, yeah. but I felt like I was getting interviewed. Yeah. Or like interrogated. Yeah, interrogated. Yeah. yeah, I get what you um, mean. Like they're constantly asking. Yeah. Um, but I mean, I'd done, I'd probably say about 15 sessions at CAMS. Mm. Um, and, you know, it started to get a little bit better. Yeah. And then, you know, I started gradually going back to school. Yeah. Um, and then I was in school. It's just, you know, rinse and repeat. Yeah. Same thing happened. So things started to go on, you know, back downhill. Um, and I'm pretty sure I went back to CAMS. Um, and this, I, I, you know, I'd done sessions there um, while going back to school. Mm-hmm. So I started gradually going back. Um, and this is, the, I'm probably around about S3 at this time. Yeah. And also uh, third year. Yeah. Um, and then from there, um, you know, I was, I was getting back into things. Yeah. Um, people kind of backed off a bit. Yeah. Um, getting older and maturing. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but obviously, I was still in that mental state. I was still, you know, really anxious, thinking yeah. that this is going to happen. Yeah. You know, you got like a sort of like a fear kind yeah, of thing. Yeah. Not not a fear, but like a sixth sense that something's got to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then. I'm pretty sure school, so school wasn't working for me. I was still feeling, you know, really anxious going back. So mm. school introduced, a, you know, um, it was from a, a company and she basically came out, took me to the library and I'd done my work there. Yeah, right. Okay. Um, I get what you mean. So a pri- private tour. A tour. Yeah. Um, and I'd done that up until about the last month of third year. Yeah. Um, I was still, obviously, nothing had changed. Really anxious. Yeah. Um. I, I suppose in a way it's like they think that taking you out of the classroom environment is going to yeah. help a bit, but mm-hmm. then but they you've always still got in to, your head, yeah, and you've always got to go back to it. Mm-hmm. Like it this it, isn't a permanent thing. It wasn't just school, you know. It was even leaving the house. Yeah, going outside. Just, yeah, um, and then yeah. So this is taking me up to the end of third year, mm-hmm. and then I left. Yeah, did you um, leave like yeah. as soon as fourth yeah. year started? Mm-hmm. Same. So <laughs> I, I left then, um, and I remember I'd went to college for one year. Um, and that was doing graphics design. Yeah. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. I was still really, at this time, really anxious. Yeah. I mean, it's a new environment mm-hmm. all over again, isn't it? And then I noticed, you know, everyone, everyone was really chill. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone was really mature. I'm, I'm still. I mean, College has got so much more yeah. of it. Like, I was still a kid. Laid back vibe to it. Um, you know, I was, I was in, like, in my. My class, there was like um, twenty-four year olds, and yeah, all the way yeah. up to like thirty-two. I get that. I mean, like the first year I went to college, I was sixteen, and there was like forty year olds yeah, on my exactly. course. I was like, "What's well, this?" <laughs> yep. Um, and then, yeah. So I, I done. I'm pretty sure I made it six months into college, and that was the end of my first course. Yeah. Um, and then, I'm pretty sure. 
I had decided to leave because I wasn't really feeling it. And by this time, the six months into college, I was beginning to get my confidence back mm. because everyone, you know, everyone was so supportive. Yeah. You know, I was starting to get into that routine again. Yeah. Um, and then so I left, then got my job. Um, still wasn't back to my normal self. Mm. Still anxious. But then once I started working, something clocked in my head. Yeah. That I needed to just. Just it, snap out of this. Yeah, I it need feels to, like it's like you've got a purpose. Mm-hmm. All of a sudden, yeah. Um, so, I, like gradually, I just started feeling really confident in myself. Yeah, you know, just just really really confident. Yeah, um, because like to the blind eye, when I when I started working at KFC, the first like couple of shifts before I got to know you and stuff, you seemed like quite a open outgoing person. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, so at this time, I was actually at McDonald's. All right, and then I went from McDonald's to KFC. Um, Going to the master race. Yes. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um. And then by this time, I think this this will probably take me off until um, about seventeen. Yeah. And then I went from there, went to a call center. Right. Um, started working there for a bit. Didn't work out. No. Um, just like not my environment. Yeah. You know, everything was really sophisticated and very. You know, I, I, that's it's all me. like institutionalized. Yeah. Everything's got a set way of doing things. Exactly. Yeah. And then I, I went that. from there back to KFC, um, and then that's when I met you. Yeah. Um, second time round <laughs> yes second time round um, and then from there you know if things were good I, I would say I, I was completely confident in myself yeah and um, back to my full self I mean know. yeah like I said when I met you it seemed like you were a really confident outgoing yep. like just lovable happy bubbly person yep um, I mean yeah and then from there 17 I would take take them up to 18 yeah. I'd say um, and then my you know, I had a really um, traumatic event that happened in my family. Yeah. And um, one of my family members um, found out that she had cancer. Yeah. And that really, you know, that sent me downhill. It's again like what we were talking about earlier with like pressure of certain events. And yeah. That you feel like a more pressure to sort of be strong. Yep. Um. And then from there, I started feeling really depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's when you know things really took a turn. Yeah. Um, I just I really wasn't myself. Um, obviously I was still confident. Yeah. You know that anxiety wasn't there. Yeah. Depression was. Yeah. Um. So I mean my routines had completely just got fucked up. Yeah. Um. I mean that's the thing. It's like when you're not anxious but you are depressed, you can put on that front. Yeah. Like everything's fine. Everything's fine. Yeah. Yep. Um. And yeah. Um. So by that time, so that that, like by now, I'm guessing. So met you. Yeah. And then, so that would have took us to, just before we both turned 17. 18. Th- 18, sorry. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, still at that time at KC, um, found out the news about my um, family member, you know, getting cancer. Um, and then I just, you know, everything just went downhill again. Um, Feels like all the progress that you've made sort of slipped. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, my, my routine started to get, you know, just really messed up. Um, I started feeling really lonely. Yeah. Um, just felt like I was useless in a sense because I couldn't help what was going on. Yeah. Um, the what's it called? Like helplessness. You helplessness. feel that helplessness because yeah. you want to do something, mm-hmm. but there's nothing you can actually yep. do. And then um, by that time, it was um, when we were talking um, with the manager. Yeah. And that was the first step again um, that helped me out. Yeah. Um, same manager as well. Mm-hmm. Yep. Same manager. And then things started to get to get a little bit better. 
Yeah, like um, they were more understanding, so it gave mm-hmm. you a lot less pressure on exactly. your work. Yeah. And then I'm pretty sure that's when me and you started hanging out. Yeah. Um, so, I mean, we started going for drives, we started, you know, doing everything. I think, like, when we first started speaking, I think it was literally just a case of, um, I offered you a lift home one day. Yeah. And exactly. we started talking in the car. And then after that, it was like, oh, I'll pick you up for work. Exactly. Or, oh, you finish it this time, I'll take you home. Aye. Yeah. Exactly. And since then, it's just been kind of best pals since. Like, that's it. Um, trying to think. So. Yeah, from from there, obviously, still suffering from mental health, but I've learned now to deal with to deal with yeah in the best way possible that I can, and that's by you know I'm working now yeah and that's getting me into a routine you know yeah it's keeping that routine I have amazing people at work you know friends yeah and just really nice chill people, um and then obviously I have my family around me, um have you have just everyone. You know, supporting me, yeah, um, and supporting each other. It's and knowing that people are there for you. It makes exactly. you feel a lot better. Exactly. But I think, yeah, I, I think that's all there is to tell, really. And I think the good thing is that I'm starting to deal with it now. Yeah, you like know what I mean, well, coping with, Co- yeah, coping with it in the right way as well. Yeah, like you're using healthy methods of coping. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Um. So after after sharing that, like, do you feel like a weight's been lifted, sort of thing? Like, do you feel um, I wouldn't say a weight's been lifted because I, I've shared. I mean, I've shared my story with quite a lot of people. Yeah. Um, but I think telling you know obviously there's going to be strangers that are listening as well. Yeah. I think that's not a weight lifted off my shoulder. I think that'll be a weight lifted off theirs. Yeah, because n- they know like, it's it's not bad to share your exactly. story sort of thing. Exactly. I get you. Yeah. Um, we're pretty much like near the end, but I'd, I've kept back one story that I got sent in because it's. It's so close to home. It really, it really hit me. Mm-hmm. Um, so it says, I suppose since my early thirties, but um, more prominently, I've suffered with it since my dad died. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd say the trouble is when you have depression, you can be fine one day, and something that wouldn't affect someone else takes you back down, and you know you like it, but there's nothing you can do about it. Mm-hmm. Um, it then goes on, uh, really heavy hit, and it says, I tried to kill myself once. Um, dressed myself in my suit recorded messages for the family and took a load of pills um, I survived and I'm so glad that I did now I think uh, now that I think my family would have been devastated but at the time of me doing it I felt I was no good for them and I felt like a failure uh, all I can say is if someone ever feels like that talk to your family and more likely friends because thinking about it now I don't think I could have opened right up to a family member uh, we're a long time friend you can tell them everything uh, it's probably why I miss my friend so much as he passed away mm-hmm. um, let them help you as the suicidal thoughts will pass uh, also take someone seriously when they're trying to tell you um, sorry when they're trying to tell you that they're having these thoughts or they're having problems mm-hmm. uh, I lost a friend who we now know was crying up for help from his, fa- um, from his family mm-hmm. he took his life and died alone uh, wow. he then goes on to say we're born to live no matter what we think our family is more important than anything uh, I'm not embarrassed that I suffer with mental health I'm just proud that I can fight my demons again bold statement it is a really bold um, statement but it's I love what, I love what that person says um, it's an effective message mm-hmm. you know what I mean because it is I'm so pretty heavy sure this has just came in from a, a random user um, that's, that's listened to us yeah. as well yeah but um no, I, th- I think that great that that person's shared their story with us, even if they don't want to name themselves. They've spoke about it. Yeah. 
you know exactly and it's it is it's a huge thing especially like admitting what's happened in the past mm-hmm. sort of admit, thing admit, and how yeah. how you've got past that like mm-hmm. you didn't accept defeat mm-hmm. yep. um they then summarized uh, at the time i wanted to die the feeling was that i didn't want to be in the world anymore mm-hmm. all the thoughts that i were getting were bad yep. uh, you can't see the good when you feel like that mm-hmm. uh, i'm so glad the demons didn't win now so goes to show if someone feels like that it is it is good to talk yeah and i think just having that bit of information you know coming from someone that has been that low that they didn't want to be here anymore uh-huh. it shows that life does get better yep mm-hmm. it really does so yeah that's but, something um, to think about mm-hmm. uh that's pretty much all i've got mm-hmm. in no, I, I, th- I think um, i think that'll be us for today and um, but a really really strong episode um really hit hit close to home i think for both of us yeah definitely um but i mean i, I hope everyone listening has you know, learned that it's it's completely fine to speak. You know, I mean, I think mainly we were focusing on men and mental health, but I'll just add in I here. think pretty much everything we've said, apart from the statistics we were sharing yes. about men, it yeah. can relate to women. Yep. Like, women well, feel the same. Mental health is, it's everywhere. Men, women, children, you know, anyone. Um, But just, I urge everyone that is listening, um, just just speak out speak about it because that that's the best thing that you can do um family member if you're at school teacher friends you know it's it doesn't matter as long as you find that it benefits you then then you know that's the first step yeah but i think um yeah i, th- I think that's us done for today as always um thanks we, for listening yeah thanks for listening there will be um links in the description as well yeah. um for our mental health website and um, if you want to give that a look at um, give us a follow on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram as well. Um, because that will be set up eventually. But yep, eventually. At, um, the, at the time of listening to this, if there's no link link for Instagram, just keep an eye out for it because it'll be up there soon. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're mainly focusing on Facebook just now because yep. it's you know it's a main platform that pretty much everybody uses. Yep. Uh, yeah. So the link for that is in the show description uh, on whatever you're listening to this on Spotify. Uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Radio Public and the official Red Circle website mm-hmm. uh, our Facebook page can be found on any of them so if you've got time head over there and give us a like yep. uh, that's where you'll find all updates on upcoming episodes that's where you get to have your say on next episodes stuff like that mm-hmm. uh, oh. but yeah if you've made it this far then thanks for listening and make sure you stick around for the next episode thank you very much this is a quick message from myself I just want to again thank you for taking the time to listen if you have any way benefited from this episode please let us know via social media Or if you're one of the people that knows us, send us a little message. We would love to get the feedback. It helps us make better content for you. And if you want to share your story with us, then please do. Everyone deserves a chance to let their stories be heard.